Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Kearley. Thank you for joining me whenever it is that you are joining me. Um, So I haven't put out a whole lot of episodes this month because... Let me see if I'm going to turn this game down a little bit. Um, I don't know, I felt like uh, this month I've been a little bit... A little bit behind, you know, like sometimes, you know, it feels like life gets out in front of you a little bit. And uh, so far, that's how I felt this month. Like I'm playing catch up, you know, like so I've been trying to actually record this ramble for about four or five days and uh, just haven't had a chance to sit down. It's been ridiculous, you know, chasing around a little baby. Wife's busy with school, working on some projects, just normal life. That's pretty much uh, people aren't tuning into this thing because they want to hear me complain about uh, all the fun stuff I get to do um, and my wife gets to do. Uh, so anyway, all that being said, hopefully um, I'll get some some more guests for you next month. And uh, I do have some people lined up that I think are going to be uh, really entertaining, a lot of fun to listen to, and hopefully it will be good conversation. So with that being said... I'm going to jump into thanking our sponsors. Uh, We got two sponsors for this episode and the next couple episodes. So first is uh, Liberty Steam Cleaning. They sponsored last episode. They're in on this episode. Um, This is my buddy, Manny. Uh, I've known him for a lot of years. Um, Liberty Steam Cleaning is a family-owned and operated business. Um, LSC, as I like to call them. Uh, would like nothing more than to clean your carpets for you. Uh, they cleaned our carpets when we moved into our house. Um, probably going to have them do some upholstery in our car here pretty soon. And one of the things is like, you don't realize, most of the time, you don't realize how dirty your carpets are until <clears throat> until they're clean. Uh, sometimes you, uh, uh, Instagram video ended, but I'm just going to roll with it because... Nobody's watching anyway. Uh, let me go ahead and turn this thing off. So, yeah, I don't know about that whole thing. I don't know about all oh, live streaming and whatnot. Don't know if it works for me. So, where was I at? Oh, yeah, carpets. So you don't even realize how dirty your carpets are a lot of the time until they're cleaned. Um... Sometimes you might just be like walking around your house feeling a little depressed, not even sure why. It's because your carpets are dirty. Get them cleaned. Um, sometimes you might think you need new carpets, but all you need is to have somebody, a trained professional, come out with a professional rig and clean them. So that's Liberty Steam Cleaning. Uh, he gives free estimates. Uh, it's pretty standard rate. Uh, I know he was telling me that he went to Hereford and cleaned for a lady. And even with, you know, the, the mileage in between Amarillo and Hereford, he was still cheaper than the, than the person that the lady had used in Hereford. So competitive prices. Um, so check it out. Check him out. Get your shit cleaned. Um, get your rugs. Let's see. I got some. I got it written down here. So get your rugs, get your tile, get your carpet, automobiles, all that cleaned, and um, and he'll do a great job for you. So give him a call at 
806-681-7633. He's got a Facebook page, Liberty Steam Cleaning. Uh, and I will also have a link down in the description of this podcast that you can click on and it'll take you to his Facebook page. So like literally, like right now, if you're hearing these words, look around and see if you got some carpet needing to be cleaned. If you do, it will not hurt you to call Manny uh, at, and the fine folks over at Liberty Steam Cleaning. Um, next, our next sponsor is... Amtex Builders. AMTX Builders. Uh, this is my buddy Taylor Waddell. This is a new company started in 2015. Uh, Taylor, I'm not exactly sure how long he's been with them, but he's uh, in the process of taking it over. So, uh, super cool. He's motivated, selling a bunch of roofs, got a great crew. Um, so they they work with if you're buying a house, if you're selling a house, you need an inspection and you need a bid. A lot of the times if you're buying a house, that bid'll, you know, if if you get a roofer over there, check out the roof. He says, "Man, this thing's, you know, totaled out. It needs a new roof." That gives you some bargaining room whenever you're buying a house. Um also, it might get them to buy you a new roof. So he uh gives bids uh, like I said, free uh, inspections and free estimates. Um, so they are, they've got four out of the seven HAG certified inspectors. That's like capital H, capital A, capital A, capital G certified inspectors. And one of two HAG hail and wind certified inspectors. So these guys are certified, man. They got, they've, got, they've got credentials behind their names. So, um, they're, you know, Taylor's really wanting to grow this company and, uh, get it bigger and he needs customers to do that. Uh, I think he's got a lot of customers as is, uh, but he wants to have you as a customer. So, uh, let's see, got some other stuff written down about them. So this is one of the really cool things about this company is, Each quarter, they're going to give away a free roof to somebody who needs a roof that can't afford it. You know, they, so a lot of times people, you know, just life happens, you know, shit happens. Uh, People get screwed over by contractors or they get a bad roofing job and they get a leak. Something happens in their house. Stuff gets shut down, you know, um, and Taylor hates seeing that. Uh, the, the people at Amtex Builders hate seeing that. So they implemented this to where they're going to, you know, if you're a customer and you know somebody who needs a new roof that can't afford it, just refer it, you know, send, shoot them a line, let them know, they'll look into it and try to get them a, a new roof. And they're going to they're gonna do that for free. They're going to give away a new roof every quarter to somebody who needs it. So that's a good reason just to be a customer right there, just so you have that in your back pocket. You know, you come across somebody at church, you come across somebody just generally in life, and you're like, man, this guy is broke and he needs a new roof. Hit these guys up. They'll hook them up. Um, and it's it's super cool to to see a company doing that. Like their whole concept is, if they're taking care of their customers and they're taking care of people that their customers need taken care of, then they'll always have customers. You know, they're not going to give you an excuse 
to go use somebody else because once you uh once you use them you're going to be happy and they're going to they're going to stay with you you know so it's really cool really good example of reciprocity it's a good example of um the capitalistic system at work uh really it's a shame uh that we have to rely so much on the government whenever you know private industry does the things that it can do um and these dudes are just deciding they're going to give back. So check them out. Amtex Builders. The number is 806-376-0934. And that's uh, amtexbuilders.com. They've also got a Facebook page. If you follow the link down in the description of this episode, uh, it'll take you right to them. So anyway, I would really like to thank both of those sponsors both not only for their professional services, um, but also just for the people they are. Taylor and Manny both have been supporters of this podcast uh, for a long time. And and that's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is the financial support is, is the side note. Um, them both believing in the podcast and actually like, uh, being encouraging to me has really helped me with this podcast has really helped me grow this podcast. Anytime somebody gives, uh, gives you like a legitimate, um, it like legitimizes what you're doing whenever they believe in it. So both those dudes are just great individuals. Uh, I super appreciate what they're, them supporting the podcast. And, um, so continuing on, um, sponsors like them and also, uh, Patreon supporters, um, they help make the hats happen. So, uh, I'm actually down to three hats left. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out my Instagram page or go on my website, go under, uh, primate gear and, uh, I had some hats made and we're down to three. So, if you're wanting one, you need to hit me up. Uh, I'll be putting in another order. I'm not sure if I'm going to do the exact same hats or if I'm going to try to switch it up a little bit, maybe get a different hat. Um, I'm definitely wanting to do some t-shirts in the near future, the uh, rapidly approaching future. Um, and uh, sponsors and Patreon supporters are what's going to make that happen. It's going to what it's going to what uh it helps spur it on, you know. Uh I might need to charge more for the hats next time. Um uh, but you know, $15, I was really wanting to just price them to move, you know. And uh and I've been happy with it. Uh I've had a lot of people buy and that's uh a lot of support and hopefully we're getting the name out there and growing the audience a little bit, but um, so that's, I guess this is one quick plug for Patreon. Uh, I'll have a link down in the description of this as well. If you want to, um, throw some money towards the podcast, show your support in that way. That's not the only way you can show support. Financial support is a side note. Like I said, if you share the episode or if you just shoot me a message and say, what's up, you know, that's, that's all support. So, but on Patreon, you have a dollar, make me holler. Or make ya holler uh, tier five dollars buy me a beer tier or the ten dollar mythical creature tier. Um, 
Those are the three tiers. Uh, I think the dollar a month is the only reoccurring uh, tier. So like if you sign up for the dollar a month, it will draft a dollar a month out of your account. Um, so all the other ones, I think they're just one-time gifts. So check that out if you're interested. Um, like I said, only three hats left. If you're wanting one, get it. Get on board. A few more announcements. So February 8th, Hayden Pedigo. Uh, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. He's running for city council. Um, his experimental project, the Plastic Mayan Staircase, is doing a show at twenty one twelve Van Buren Street. So uh, it's kind of cool. So there's a film crew, a documentary film crew, that's coming to Amarillo to run a story on Hayden Pedigo because. He's gained a national notoriety. So uh, they're going to come out here with a film crew. Hayden's going to play this house show. They're going to film while they're there. So show up if for no other reason than to be in a documentary. That would be dope. Uh, but they're, I think that the crew is wanting to get like a feel for the people in Amarillo. So... This will be February eighth. Like I said, this is the day that Hayden will actually file his bid to be on to run for city council. And as of right now, I believe I saw an update that he might be the only person filing. I don't know if there's anybody else filing against him. So uh, he might, you know, just uh, just win, you know. But um, it's been cool, you know. He hasn't used any. Um, he hasn't had any funding. Um, I don't think he's spent any money other than, uh, actually, I don't think he spent any money other than buying the, the, uh, the suit from Goodwill, uh, that he wore in his original video. So that is happening February 8th, 2112 Van Buren street. Uh, check it out. It's a dope little, little place. It's a really cool house. Um, Chris, who's also a former guest on the podcast, is uh is uh hosting so check it out super cool it's gonna be fun so next announcement is friend school debut so this is a little project um and a little idea we had i think it was me and chris i can't exactly remember Uh, my wife is helping quite a bit with it uh we had this idea a while back and now we're moving forward on it and what we're gonna do is so this is at 2112 Van Buren Street as well. Um, it will be, dang, seriously, I forgot to write down the, forgot to write down the date, but I believe it's February 16th. Um, if you're interested, there should be a Facebook group forthcoming. Um, just get on friends, just type in friend school on Facebook, and it should pop up. Uh, let's see here. So. The first present uh, presenter. So I need probably need to explain it just a little bit. So what we're what the concept is is um, education should not end. Education should be a way of life. You should constantly be learning from those around you, gaining new knowledge, and in a certain sense, exploiting the um, expertise. Uh, of the people around you you need to exploit them you need to take advantage of them right and most of the time they want to be taken advantage of if they're interested in something if they've 
put the effort and the time into learning something, they want to share it with the world. That's why they learned it, because they thought it was interesting and they want to share it. So Friend School is going to be a platform uh, for presenters to present to their friends. So um, our first presenter is going to be Tim Ingalls, former guest on the podcast. He's going to be doing a presentation over Strong Towns. This should be about, I think it's going to be about a 30 30 to 40 minute presentation. He actually has a PowerPoint uh, for it already. And um, let's see here. So there is a going to be a workout before that um, Chris and my buddy Brandon are going to put on. Um, the only cost of entry is going to be a side dish. We're going to have a breakfast potluck, like a brunch, a brunch potluck. Um, so all you have to do is bring like some maybe like some hash browns. You bring some like French toast if you want to. You could bring. Um, we we went to a. a breakfast dinner potluck recently and we took some pigs in a blanket it's pretty good you could bring uh you could cut some bacon if you want to if you're if you're a vegan you could bring uh what is a good vegan like a fruit bowl you could bring some fruit bowl or something like that you know you could there's a there's a ton of options you could do you know uh there's no limitation on options really so let's see, check out my website, uh, panelprimate.com. I'm going to have an event tab uh, on there and you can hop in there and, um, you know, check out some details uh, on that. So coffee and quiche will be provided. And um, yeah, like I said, just check it out. If it's something you're interested in, the only cost to entry is a side dish. And hopefully we can like, all start growing together. I think Shannon will probably eventually do a presentation over linguistics, uh, which is what she's working on for her master's. Um, I don't even know. I don't know what I would present. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I have no idea what I would present. So anyway, I might not ever be a presenter because, you know, who knows? Uh, But it's going to be fun. Check it out. If it's something you're interested in, check it out. Quick uh, a little note on the Beat the Primate competition. Um, go on my website. There's a little link. Um, Dexter's Dojo. Under that explains the rules. If it's something you're interested in, if you're trying to make like a like a slight shift in your life towards uh, fitness, this is all. It's a uh, it's running, pull ups, push ups, sit ups, and air squats. That's the entire competition and. It's not like a workout program or anything like that. It's just you do what you can do and you score some points and you shoot me an email telling me how many points you've made. Um, my cousin Lance is currently beating the primate. Um, he's the wolf man on there uh, and uh, there's a leaderboard. So it resets every Sunday night. So every Monday there's zeros for everybody. But he's been killing it lately. Um... Like I said, I've been I feel like I've been behind the eight ball this entire month and I haven't gotten much done uh, or I haven't been able to get as many workouts in as I would like. No excuses, though. That dude's killing it. And I think he's going to beat the primate this uh, this month. So anyway, um, so that's the end of my announcements right at 20 minutes. Um, so that's not too bad. The song I'm going to play to lead into the next segment is called May I Have This Dance by Francis and the Lights. 
featuring Chance the Rapper. This song came on Spotify. It just popped on one day. I can't even remember, you know, whatever I was listening to ended. And this popped up. And I was like, damn, that's a dope song. So uh, I instantly was like, man, I'm going to play that on the podcast for the people. The first time I heard this, I was like, I'm going to play this on the podcast. That doesn't happen very often. Most of the songs I've played on here, I've listened to at least 20 to 30 times before I play them on the podcast. This was a first-time listen instant gym. So um, check it out, and uh, I'll be right back. That is a uh, pretty infectious beat, if I do say so myself. It's really cool whenever you hear like musicians that uh, 
really put themselves out there, man. That was a that's a good song. So the uh, first segment today is a little segment. It's going to be called "Stumbling Forward." Um, so the majority of the time, it, with anything that you do, you're going to have more to learn than you know to teach. So this kind of there was a uh, two examples of how like where this really came up this past couple weeks to me. One is we went out and uh, on the fire department. We went out and we trained um, lifting uh, vehicles and stabilizing vehicles. And uh, it's one of those things that's, you know, it's like you're a a perpetual student, it seems like. And you're always trying to get better and you're always trying to um, understand something better. This uh, particular training that we did, there were vehicles stacked on top of each other. And it's one of those things that's interesting because on one aspect of it, you're, you're practicing... Um, lifting this vehicle but you're also practicing and preventing something from happening you're you're practicing stabilizing the vehicles you're you're trying to figure out where you could fail at or what is going to fail what is the the most likely um problem that you're going to face and then you're trying to fix that so whenever the way that that fits into like stumbling forward is a lot of times you look like an idiot and that's because you are an idiot. You don't know what you're doing yet. You have to figure it out. You have to like use your prior knowledge of something to figure out a situation and then move forward with that situation. So you, sometimes it feels like you're stumbling, but you have to always be moving forward. You know, you always have to be uh, to be, you know, not necessarily comfortable with the situation that you're in. Um, but still, but still trying it, you know, that's where training comes in, you know, you have to, you have to put yourself in situations where it's like, man, you have to say, I don't know what I'm doing. And then somebody who knows what they're doing says, okay, well, let me show you. So let me show you what you're doing, you know? Um, but you always have to be moving forward. The other thing is, uh, with my wife, she's been doing these, her classes, doing some school and, um, and it's interesting because so as she's going through this journey, um, she her goal is to become get her doctorate in linguistics. She keeps like she keeps having these classes. I think it's uh, intro into semantics is or not maybe not even intro maybe it's just a semantics class. Um, but she's having to learn like a whole new aspect of linguistics, and it, it goes deep, you know. It goes real deep, and at first, you know, she's, it's funny because she'll come out and she'll say, you know, she'll get done with the class and she'll be like, she does this every time, she's like, I I don't know how, I don't know any of this stuff, I don't understand it, I don't, I don't, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, this is killing me, you know, but by the end of this semester, she'll, she'll know it, I mean, I know she will, she always, she always learns the, the stuff and she gets a good grasp on it, but you have to look stupid at first because you are stupid at first. You have to learn how to act like you fit in, like you belong in like a social situation. Like kind of the, uh, I feel like the, uh, you have to learn the culture of of knowing what you're doing. It's not something that you're born with and it's not something that you understand before you get in it. That's part of it existing. That's part of like the uh, the alternate culture existing is that you don't belong to it right when you very first start doing something uh 
whenever one of the things that got me thinking about this uh as well was uh like some of the different cultures like uh like skateboarding was a good example for me uh rock climbing um like right when you start doing something right like it's like oh, okay i got my first skateboard and i got i got some skateboard shoes right and maybe i even bought like a couple of shirts you know like so that i can kind of start fitting in but you don't really fit in yet you know you don't know the culture you don't know uh what it is that makes skateboarding fun you're not very good at it right so you're a poser at that level you know um but you have to like kind of push through that layer like everybody goes through like the poser level no matter what they're doing um you know you have to like push through through well stumble i say stumble through that before you like land in a in a spot where you where you do fit in where you do um understand the culture and then and then you're part of it right and then then you get to see the people stumbling into it the same way you stumbled into it uh let's see where am i at so who you are tomorrow depends on the choices or who you choose to be today let me re-say that who you are tomorrow depends on who you choose to be today and this is part of the whole stumbling portion like if you are afraid to fail at something or if you're afraid to go through the beginner level of something then you will never get through the beginner level of something. You have to push. You have to push through that layer to get to the next layer. Um, and that's like, like this week I've been laying some concrete board uh, to tile one of our bathrooms. And I've I've helped on tile jobs before, but I've never done a tile job like the whole way through. It's just like, hey, I need an extra hand doing this. So they'll I'll come in and they'll tell me exactly what to do. Um, so this is my first time ever like doing it myself and kind of being, you know, air quotes, like project lead. Um, it's hard to like give yourself a title like that when it's literally just you doing it and it's a five by five bathroom. But, uh, so that's what I'm doing is I'm, I'm working on this concrete board and I'm working on this, I'm working on laying down some tile and um it's interesting because like my first thing that i do is i go and ask all these people that i know know what they're doing hey how do you do this Uh, i've asked three different people and there's been emphasis put on three different things like um hey you want to make sure you get this type of concrete board hey you want to make sure that you tape your seams with this hey you want to make sure that it's level here right you know they each have their own like little uh little checklist that they're running down and I look like an idiot because I am an idiot. When it comes to laying tile and laying concrete board and all that stuff, I am an idiot. It's my first time doing it. Can't expect to be a professional at it. I watched a couple of YouTube videos of professionals doing it. I'm looking at I'm like, dude, this looks easy. I'll have no problem doing this, right? Um, I stumbled forward through it. Um, I'm still stumbling. Uh, a lot of times, that's the hard thing about stumbling forward is you don't ever quite feel like your feet are under you until they are until you're to the point where you know what you're doing and you really understand the process and the and the concepts and uh and the purpose of of certain things like one of the things that really kicked me in the balls was uh taping my seams on the concrete board you have to like lay down a mesh well you you like pack the you pack it full of concrete the the seam right you want it to be as tight as possible um 
but you know, you, so you got this little seam and you pack it full of, of a thin set and then you, you lay a strip over the top of it and then you have to go over the top of that to where you want this whole board to be concrete. And man, it was just, I don't know. It, uh, one, I don't think I had quite the right tools. I wasn't quite engrossed in the culture of tiling. Um, a lot of, you know, I was, I'd watched, I'd been told, but it was really my first time doing it. Um, and now I feel like I, I learned a lot of things through the process. And next time, next time I'm faced with a similar circumstance, I'll know a little bit better. I'll have a little bit of a better idea of uh, of what I'm doing and, and how to go about doing it. What, what's the point of this? What's the point of this segment, the stumbling forward segment? Uh, my thing that I've been like faced with a lot recently is thinking... So there's always these these uh, entry like uh, cost of entry, uh, cost to play. Whether you're whether you're riding bikes, whether you're going into like the critical mass bike ride, or whether you're riding bikes in the canyon, or whether you're starting fitness, or you're starting a new career, or you're you have a prospect, you you say you know what? Um, oh, this is a good example. This just happened. Uh, what was it? I guess a couple of days ago on duty, I was driving one of the trucks and, uh, I, you know, I'm not good at backing trailers and the, the truck I was driving had a big trailer on it. So it was like, I asked, uh, my officer, I was like, Hey, is it cool if we just go back up, you know, practice backing this trailer, you know? Yeah, cool. We spent like two hours in a parking lot with cones set up. Uh, running different drills and practicing, and I looked like an idiot um, because I am an idiot when it comes to backing a trailer. But through the process, through somebody like mentoring and teaching how to back a trailer, I I got better at backing a trailer. Now I'm still an idiot when it comes to backing a trailer. I I didn't master anything, but I stumbled forward through it. Right? I I so. You're going to look like an idiot doing something for a certain amount of time. It's an undetermined amount of time. You might pick it up faster or slower, but you have to look like an idiot. You have to take that. You have to approach a circumstance and say, you know what? The first time I go and do something, I'm going to be a little shaky. I'm going to be a little little goofy looking, you know? Like I'm not quite going to fit in. People are going to look at me funny. Um, because I'm, I'm going to look funny, you know, so they're going to look at me funny and, and you have to push through that. And once you get through that on the other side of that, then you're in a position to where you can help other people through that same process. So what I got, see, I started telling a point and then I went, and then I digressed back into explaining what I was saying. Um, all of this, all of this to say, don't be afraid to stumble forward and if you're in one of these communities, don't be uh, critical when you see somebody stumbling. So this is like a two-part. Um, so one, it's for the person stumbling, which is often me. You know, I'm often the person stumbling into a new culture, stumbling into a new activity, trying to figure something out. And then there's another aspect, another side of it to the person who is in the community, who is engrossed in the culture, who understands um, the ins and outs of how to do something. And it's cool for them to 
help you along, like help the stumbler into it. You know, I think um, like a decent example of this is also. I'm using a lot of fire department examples. I don't know what the what my deal is today. I don't I don't usually do this, but like the the whole concept of a rookie um, in fire in the fire department is it's a person who hasn't hasn't been there for very long, right? They they need um, some guidance, and and a lot of the stuff is a uh, you almost think that it's common sense stuff once you've been in it for a little while, but then you have to remember back to when when you were very first starting out, and you have to remember how it felt walking into a place where like now I'm working with these seven guys and I don't really know any of them, right? But the 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 group of guys you're stepping into all know each other really well, and they they've you know it's all routine to them, you know. So you got a rookie, and and you you there's a lot of different ways you can react and interact with a rookie. But uh, the best way to interact and react with a rookie is to say, man, they really want to do exactly what I'm doing, and the better they do what what they're wanting to do the easier it is on me because then, you know, it's a stronger team or whatever. I think the same thing exists in, uh, like, rock climbing communities or um, skateboarding communities or uh, running or really even church, you know. There's all these different things where there's, like, a a price of entry. And the price, the cost is that you're going to look like an idiot and you're not going to know what's going on. You got to stumble through that. Hopefully, the people that you're stumbling that are seeing you stumble – um, take a little bit of pity and grace because they were in the exact same position and the community grows. So this is really where uh, maybe to summarize, is that summarize all this into like a small thing is the whole thing is the, uh, the, the overall success of the culture depends on the uh, not only the guidance from the uh, older seasoned people, but the acceptance of the newer people. That's how you get new ideas. That's how you get new thoughts. That's how you get new perspectives, possibly um, opening your eyes to something you've ignored, to a way that you look stupid that you didn't even realize you look stupid, right? You need you need those extra set of eyes, that new vision. It's like a different mirror that reflects a different image of yourself. Um, and through that, then you can grow a community and you can really like harvest the potential of uh, of a group. You know, it's a it's a strange and interesting world we live in, and we need all hands on deck. You know, like um, I think I'm speaking in a specific sense for Amarillo. There's a lot of challenges that this community is facing um, that are, some of them are being ignored, like, uh, you know, like just kind of some intentionally ignored, others uh, just out of uh, ignorance, you know, not even knowing that the problem is there. But if if communities are going to grow and be sustained and and so like this is the thing is you it's not enough to stay where you are you have to be progressing for you're going to progress in a direction it's either going to be for the better or for the worse and 
we we've got to incorporate and now so now this is this is what I'm saying. Amarillo is a microcosm for the United States, which is uh, a big aspect of the world, right? If if we're going to continue to excel as a species, as a uh, as an epoch, you could say, um, as a like culture, then we've got to start integrating um, other ways of seeing the world and other ways of doing things. And some of that's going to take us stumbling, right? It's going to take you stumbling into another culture to understand that culture. Whew. All right. I don't actually know if I surmised anything or if I brought it to a close, but I'm out of notes, so I'm going to be done. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, Hopefully you got something out of it. It's really weird sometimes doing these rambles because I look down at the time and I'm like, man, that seems like um, I put... You know, like that, there was plenty of time there, but I don't really remember what I said. So, hopefully, you enjoyed that. Hopefully, you got something out of it. If you if you got something out of it, shoot me a message. If you didn't get something out of it, I guess shoot me a message about that too. Um, all of those are beneficial. All right, to take you into the next segment, I am going to play a song from the local artist Vamping off of their 2000. 17 release of Desert Plants. This is uh, Broderick Adams, by the way. He uh, was a guest a few episodes back. I suggest you listen to that. Um, it's been a... Uh, a uh, hmm, what are you, I can't really... Maybe fan favorite? I don't know. A lot of people listened to it and said that they really enjoyed the episode. He's a super interesting dude. Um, I'm really excited to see what... Uh, that whole crew. So it's uh, it's Juan, John Rubin, and Broderick are, and I I can't remember who else they said it, are are doing the vamping project right now. Um, but each of them individually are interesting people, and then together they're doing some really interesting things. Um, and I'm excited to see I'm excited to see what they got going on. I think it's really good. Uh, for Amarello that they are here and uh, hopefully they'll be touring you know and if you're not in Amarillo um, hopefully they'll be finding you where you are and playing for you so they got some they got some dope sounds and uh, this is a song off of like I said Desert Plants which is their 2017 release um a bit of sense. So that's the name of this song, and I uh, hope you enjoy. I'll be right back. Yeah. 
check those dudes out um next my next segment this is a little loose so i haven't fully developed this idea but it's time for ramble so that's what i'm about to do i'm about to do some rambling so this this segment's gonna be called uh co-opting intellectual bandwidth i know pretty lofty so what this comes in is uh, the specific things I was going to talk about is political so- uh, solutions, religious beliefs, and economic rationales. So um, it's interesting because – so what got me kind of thinking about this is you only have so much time in the day and so many um, intellectual pathways, I guess would be a good way of saying it to think about different things. So it's one of those things like, uh, for instance, with, with religion. So whenever, whenever somebody asks you like, what do you believe? Typically you revert to like vernacular that's been handed to you or that, uh, goes along with your, whatever tradition that, um, you were raised in. Right. So you start, you have these like different phrases that you might rattle off and you say, well, if you ask me what I believe, I can tell you exactly what I believe. And then you rattle these things off and it's in line with the, uh, the bandwidth, right? The intellectual bandwidth that you've been, that you've been given or brought up in. So you, you know, uh, a Christian may say, uh, I believe in Jesus and I believe in the Bible and I believe in the God of the Old Testament, you know. Um uh a Muslim would have similar things, but they would say, I believe in uh the Prophet Muhammad and you know, like they would have all these different, you know, preset, preloaded 
um, comments to come back with. And this is a an interesting problem I was thinking about for myself. Um, having these preloaded pathways, I was thinking what what's a good way of uh, describing them would be algorithmic philosophies. So I can say the reason I believe this is because this is because this is because this is because this, right? You you uh, are backing up what you believe. Um, so it's like, it's fine. So all of this to say like political solutions, whenever you start hearing people, most of the time, whenever they're explaining what they feel or what they think or what they know to be true about politics, it's, um, usually it's not from a, of a nuanced place. It's from a, um, a preloaded, a preloaded pathway, right? It's like, I know that the way to heal the economy is through blank, you know, uh, less government regulation or more social welfare or, um, you know, uh, government shutdown. That's the way you get it. That's the way you get things done or whoever, you know, like everybody has all these different um, political solutions. But whenever you only focus on the political solution, you're... Uh, not focusing on what the problem is. So one of the things is um, the first step in finding the truth starts by eliminating preconceived notions of what the truth must be, right? So in order to adequately look at the problem in front of you, you first must eliminate the, um, I wouldn't say illusion because that seems a little deceptive, but... um, the thought that you know what the answer already is before you look at the problem, right? So it it's a <clears throat> it's kind of like one of the things that is interesting to me about like church, for instance, is you may have a bunch of different people come in <clears throat> and they all have different baseline problems, right? And the the answer given sometimes and this is this is all generalizing you know i'm not uh getting trying to get too specific about anything but it might be okay you need to learn about god you need to learn about the bible and you need to get plugged into this community and that will fix your issue right so a lot of the times or some of the times i should say um it's almost like a generalized uh approach to um different issues it's uh sometimes it's the same with with uh, healthcare, you know, you might have a, an elevated uh, blood glucose level. So they say, okay, well, the way to fix that is insulin. You know, we need to give you insulin injections. And um, you know, you might have different causes for the in, for the blood sugar being high in like five or six different people, but they're all given the same fix to the same to that situ- situation. So. That's why, um, so having these preloaded pathways becomes dangerous in some of these situations, right? Because you're not, uh, you're not approaching the problem. You're, uh, presenting the solution. It's kind of a, kind of a weird thing. So, um, so one of the, one of the, uh, co-opted bandwidths, one of the co-opted intellectual bandwidths is the vernacular around the supernatural, uh, or the spiritual, 
So it's uh, one of those things that's interesting because most scientists don't even touch it. They say it doesn't exist. It's supernatural, right? It doesn't exist in the natural world. Um, so, so the, the, uh, the vernacular, the discussion around things of, uh, the human spirit or, um, salvation or grace or, um, you know, enlightenment, uh, all these different things, you got a huge portion of the, of the population who, isn't allowed to talk about it because they don't want to talk about it the way that the um, the predominant community that deals with those issues wants to talk about it. Right? They they uh, they don't they don't approach the issue, uh, or they're unable to approach the issue um, from a unbiased position. Um, so some of the. Uh, some of the things that it's interesting to me because it's all about communicating a concept, not a reality. And that might seem a little weird to say, uh, especially if, if uh, the person who's listening to this is a religious person. They're going to say, well, no, it's a reality. You know, um, the Bible happened, um, everything happened in it. That's not what I'm meaning. Anytime I'm communicating to another person, it is inherently conceptual, whether it's scientific, um, religious, uh, all the you know any any realm you want to take it in, psychological. They're all concepts. We're communicating concepts back and forth. That's why, like I'm uh, I'm trying to use the uh, the analogy of of bandwidth. Right, you're sending information from one unit to the next unit. Right over these different networks, right? So you might be uh, AT&T or you might be a Sunlink or you might be um, DSL or whatever, these different providers, right? Internet providers. You get the information through that channel, that bandwidth. So if, for instance, I'm a churchgoer and um, my marriage is having problems or something, the the solutions are going to be coming through the filter of church. Um, if I'm not a church goer and I decide to go to a therapist, right? That's a different bandwidth that I'm getting more than likely the same information through. And so this is, this is really what brings me to my point is, um, I'm afraid that sometimes, um, the same information or the correct information is unable to bridge the gap between these different um, bandwidths. Like, so for instance, if there's uh, a group of people who say that they believe that the that healing comes through God, I can't remember what the name of that. Um, I don't know. Some people would probably say it's a, a religion unto itself. Other people would say that it's a, a branch of Christianity, but there are people who believe in like just divine healing. So they don't take their kids to doctors. They don't take their kids. Um, they don't get them immunized and all this different stuff. They they have a certain set of beliefs that negate anything that this other group of people say, even though the things that these other people say might be beneficial or would be beneficial. You know, it's like there needs to be um, they're speaking different languages, right? 
and one of them it, in the problem is because it's it's a two different bandwidths like it's two different units that are are you know unable to communicate unable to bridge that gap between each other so um it's a it's so what i'm saying it's a concept not a reality it's different ways of describing the same growth community through shared experiences cannot be faked so who man so, so so sometimes i jump into these rambles before i've like fully flushed out the concept um but all of this to say that i see i see a lot of or i feel a lot of division in between different groups like um i have friends that are democrats wholeheartedly you know hate trump i've got friends that are republicans who uh are for trump i've got friends that uh go to yoga and don't want anything to do with church and i've got friends that go to church and don't want anything to do with yoga and all of these different uh communities they are all saying very similar things they're all talking about wanting like uh, none of them no no group um hat like wants other people to do bad uh that i've experienced i mean this is just personal so i guess it's not you know it's not transcendent it's not uh this isn't going to be everybody's experience but for me um the the people who are more liberal and more democratic uh generally want things to be better for other people same thing with republicans they they generally want things to be better for other people um, but they're unable to have this conversation because of their preloaded philosophies, their preloaded uh, concepts of how the world works and how the world uh, should work, and and how the world is working. That's what. That's the other thing is like seeing the reality of the situation. Sometimes is impossible. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, you know. It's like. It's like trying to see the forest through the trees. You're not looking at the forest. You're trying to look past the forest if you're not looking at the trees that consist of the forest, you know? So, all this to say is um, this is what creates the poser culture. So, it it starts making it to where the way that you um, are validated within a group is more so based off of how you look or what what uh, philosophies you ascribe to or what it is that you say that you believe. Um, that's more important than what you actually believe or what you actually think. Um, because the second that you diverge from the preconceived notion, then you're no longer part of that group and you're out on your own. And now you don't have, you, you know, you're not, uh, it's like, you know, humanity is definitely like a herd culture, right? It's like you're safer in a group. You're safer in a herd. You're safer surrounded by these other animals. Uh, that way if, uh, you know, a spear comes in, there's a good chance you're not going to get hit. Maybe somebody else is going to get hit, you know? It's kind of an interesting uh, approach. But it it makes it to where you almost have to be more so than other people, right? So when somebody comes and somebody says... Well, I support Obama. It's like, no, you don't understand. I support, you know, 
no, it's me, you know, and you get into this weird argument saying like who supports this this uh, concept more instead of having the real conversation uh, or having a real conversation about what it is you think or what it is you believe or what it is you even you even think the problem is, right? So like what pops into my head uh, political uh, right off the top is like this border wall, right? Everybody's arguing about the border wall and uh, it's to keep immigrants out and it's this and it's this and it's this and all all of this argument is coming and then it's like, well, what's the real question? The real question is why why are they leaving their homes and coming into the United States and risking a lot? These uh, the immigrants that are coming over to to just immigrate, you know, to to come over here looking for a better life or looking for opportunity, they're doing this at great risk. I mean, uh, they're going to be moving to a place where just being there is illegal for them. Uh, all for what? Like, what is it that they are seeking, right? So that's that to me is more so more of the question of then how do we keep them out? Is why are they why are they wanting to get in? Um, and uh, it's a slightly different question or a slightly different purpose. And some people would say, oh, because they're criminals and they want to be here for crime and. You know, other people say, well, they're just seeking opportunity. They're just seeking um, the prosperity that's like overflowing from the cups of Americans, which, you know, uh, who doesn't want to get spilled on, you know, get a little prosperity, little prosperity slosh on you, you know, uh, I I would like that. I mean, most people that's, you know, uh, that's kind of what most of America is built on is the the prosperous getting a little sloppy with their uh with their cup of their cup of power or whatever, cup of wealth, and spilling it, and whenever it spills, it hits the ground, it splashes. If you're close enough to the splash, it covers you a little bit, right? So that's you know that kind of seems to me part more more the issue, and and the question is why is there not a cup splashing where these people are at? Why are they leaving one to come to the other? Um, and that issue gets very, very deep and very nuanced. And I, I'm honestly not qualified to have even brought this thing up because I'm not completely up on all the issues and all the nuances. And I know that the, it is a very complex situation with a lot of ins and outs. And uh, same thing with religion. I mean, I guess I'm kind of wrapping up this segment. Uh, all of these things, I'm not, I'm not trying to bring it up to uh, cause more division because i don't i actually don't think that that's the answer the answer is not more division it's it's understanding what the problem is and then working as a group to solve the problem not working as a group to become uh to beat the other group you know uh preloaded pathways algorithmic philosophies they're dangerous right if you believe this then you believe this if you believe this you know if you believe that then you believe this and it's a it it becomes like a slippery slope to where in the end what you're believing is what you're told you're not believing what it is that you you uh free yourself to think you know uh and those are those are dangerous places for 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 uh 
for freedom, you know, like freedom cannot exist where there is no freedom, right? Algorithms, it's part of the scary thing about social media and all these different things is once once you turn, maybe this is like an AI issue, maybe this is like, maybe the only reason I'm thinking about this is because there's a, there's this thing of relinquishing control to an algorithm that doesn't care about you, right? So as soon as you start following uh, like an algorithmic philosophy, as soon as you start saying, I am this, therefore I'm all of these other things, right? And, you know, in, in a sense, that's, that's what people do whenever you start joining groups and, and aligning yourself with other individuals is you're saying, okay, I buy into this movement and this is me, this is us, this is, this is what we're going to do, you know? Uh, just dangerous, man. It's just dangerous, and uh, and it eliminates freedom. It it reduces freedom, right? So, um, what what's the point? What's the point? Co-opting intellectual bandwidth. Um, I don't exactly know. I don't know. Maybe there's not a point. Maybe it's just a. Maybe I'm just trying to get the conversation started. You know, uh, some of these. Some of these concepts, I kind of, you know, whenever I'm like working on them or I say working on them, whenever I jot the whole concept down, um, sometimes I get a little out of out of whack and out of uh, control with it. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm following into these preloaded pathways and like I'm just uh, approaching things angstily or whatever. So but anyway, um, that's going to be that segment, co-opting intellectual bandwidth, uh, free it. Free your mind. Um, find different ways of getting your information. And whenever <clears throat> you start getting information that you do not like to hear, dig in. That's where the magic happens. That's where growth comes from. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to adopt the view of the of the conflicting side. <clears throat> that's, not what the, that's not what it's about. It's just anytime something makes you uncomfortable... Find out why it, why you're uncomfortable about it. Like, what is it about that thing that uh, that stirs your pot? You know. And once you figure that out, uh, once you identify the spoon, so to speak, then you can identify who's holding the spoon, right? And then you can start to realize that everything around a concept, um, most of the time, that there's an agenda behind it. You know, and. Uh, and that's where uh, that's where freedom dies. Whew. All that to say. Um, thank you for listening. This was uh, fun. I haven't really done a ramble in a while. Um, so uh, so thanks for thanks for joining me with it and uh, bearing with me. So if you're listening to this point in the podcast, I appreciate the shit out of you. Um, I'm I'm really wanting to do this thing more often, uh, get more guests on. I'm having a great time doing it. Um, been really enjoying it. So and thank y'all for listening. That's uh, you know if y'all aren't listening, then there's not really a point of doing this. So so thank you. Um, shoot me, hop over to iTunes and give me a review. You can be honest. I'm not asking for a five star review. Just give me any review of uh, any level that you think. Um, hop over, check out my website, shoot me an email if you feel so inclined, 
Follow me on Instagram. Uh, mostly Instagram is, I use it to post about my kid. So if you want to see possibly one of the cutest human beings that's ever walked the face of the earth, uh, follow me on Instagram. Uh, and until next time, I really appreciate y'all listening. I'm going to play you out with a song from Riley Walker. This is off of his album, Deaf Man's Glance. Deaf Man, no apostrophe. Deaf Man Glance. 2018 is the release date on this album. This is a song called Spoil With The Rest. Uh, Hope you enjoy, and until next time, peace. I do my best.